0: You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to The Authenticity Show if you haven't already done it, wherever you get your podcasts, and to please follow our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, this will help us. This episode is kind of a short one but it's great it's about developing compassion in yourself and in your relationships and we start out mid-conversation carlos is sharing a story about vipassana meditation mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's difficult the, the
0: pain and uh, it's a pain in the ass yeah
1: but there was a certain point at which i felt uh, uh, like i went down inside of myself and there was a boundless feeling of love that was coming up, almost like I tapped a vein, mm. and there was all this love pressure, if you will, that was wanting to bubble up through the the tap. And, <laughs> That's and awesome. so I, I felt <laughs> uh, like I understood something new about what compassion mm. is. And when I came out of it, when I was still in the glow of vipassana, I felt like I had a deep sense that even the people that were doing pretty terrible things in the world hmm. were actually suffering from ignorance. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw it more as they are suffering from ignorance rather than seeing it as they're a bad person doing bad things because they're just nasty. Yeah, And so it, it changed the way I took it. So that silence, 10 days of silence really yeah. helped me to detect and find and activate my awareness of love that was already there. And I felt so much of it. Mm. I felt like, wow, if I could live from this place, it'd be much easier not to be feeling antagonistic about the mm. world, about yeah. the things that are that I don't like or the things that don't go well. And I, it reminds me of some of the ellipsis stuff that I'm doing now, which one of the principles is people are reasons. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you look at people as reasons, then you realize that they, for their own reasons, believe that they're doing what they're doing for a reason. Yeah. It's not personal, usually. Huh. And if you look at people as reasons, that's kind of like when you develop compassion and you see people as human and having an individual and unique uh, path that led them to where they are and led them to being how they are and doing what they do, instead of thinking about that as a personal affront. mm just looking at people as reasons mm, is a that's much such different such a cool idea. Yeah, it reframes the whole yeah. thing, you know? Anyway, uh. so I see a connection between the compassion that I discovered in, in that melting away of my own block, right? And yeah. that love coming up in the form of compassion. I see that connection to the yeah. idea that people are reasons. Oh, yeah. I love that. You know, you
2: know what's interesting? Um, I'm going to share a, a Vipassana story similar to yours. Mm-hmm. It was my first course... And uh, there was a guy, you know, you get assigned a seat. And the guy that sat behind me. Um, I didn't get one. You didn't get one? No, get I assigned wasn't assigned seat? at all. Oh, you just really? sat where the hell you want. Oh, really? Yeah. And no, in my place, yeah, we were like assigned a seat. So, like, I had like a little number and like that no was way. my, oh, yeah, that was my meditation spot for the whole course. Wow. So there was a guy sitting behind me who, um, just to be perfectly honest, annoyed me. Right. This guy annoyed me. Yeah. Um, just everything about him got on my nerves. Okay, mm. his clothing annoyed me. Okay, and then the thing is, is he sat be right behind me, and he had a cough. Um, he was coughing a lot. Right, I'm like, oh man, I start I start to have thoughts along the lines of, uh, oh gosh, here here I am. Finally, I'm coming for this meditation course, and I get sat right in front of somebody who's making lots of noise and is bothering me, and then. <laughs> A day or two later, you know, he's, he's coughing a lot. And then a day or two later, I hear him. He's, he's putting cough drops in his mouth. Okay. As everything is silent, I can hear the cough drop in his mouth clicking against his teeth, and he starts to chew it. I'm just like, God
1: dang, this guy. Like, why? He's, he's so distracting me from my meditation. Like, right? you hear the lozenge uh, cracking against the teeth. And yeah. The, yeah. And, he's,
2: and then he'll crunch it, you know. And, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, man, you know, of all the places, you know, I get stuck <laughs> next to this guy, right? But it's funny, because as the course went on, and I got more in touch with my inner being and there, mm-hmm. was, there was less mind, you know, less ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was more reality that was experiencing everything in Vipassana. Uh, I started to really appreciate the guy. And as the course went on, I started uh, feeling really good that I could tell that he was getting better. And, you know, the little noises and things that he made, I sort of looked at them more with a sense of um, comedy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like he was just, just a character in the story that I'm in. And it was really not that big of a deal, you know. And it was just funny to see my own transformation of this guy who was annoying me to, uh, you know, viewing
1: him as sort of a little a little companion. Well, well, we, so, we never spoke. It's like a reminder of why he's there in the first place. Yeah. I mean, he's there in spite of feeling sick. Exactly. Yeah. He's there in spite of his cough. Yeah. He's, He's there, there in spite of the fact that he probably has difficulty focusing his mind. Yeah. And there's something kind of interesting about looking at it that way. Yeah. It, becomes less, yeah. it becomes less of a problem. And then yeah. you start to look for other things that might be more akin to kindness or sweet feelings towards someone. But you have to start yeah. somewhere. You know, you, yeah. It's hard to just jump into that for oh, a lot of true. us. It is for me anyway. To yeah. go from being really irritated to just suddenly loving that person. Yeah, It's hard to do. Well, you know, my annoyance
2: with the sounds that he was making were my reasons for being there
0: too, you know, so here
2: I am. Why am I doing this? Why am I learning this meditation? So that, um, life can have more peace, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I could be more at ease in the world and what better training grounds than to be practicing meditation with somebody who's making noises behind me, you know? Um, so, you know, silence you know is a, is 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 maybe maybe that's why it's golden that's why it's golden yeah and maybe that's the starting point right there. Is silence
1: yeah and to get at the gold you got to dig deep yeah
2: yeah i love that i love that
1: have have you ever uh, uh read any of george pransky the um uh he's a phd i think i'm not sure if he's a marriage and family therapist no i don't or think what he is he wrote a book called the relationship handbook mm okay and it's really good it was a recommendation from a few mentors of mine that I respect who all kind of unanimously said, this is a great book on relationships. And if you really were to read it and actually practice it, you can pretty much fire your therapist. Ooh. It's not necessary wow. uh, because you just put it into practice. And you reminded me of of some points that the author illustrated in that. One was, he was talking about what compassion is because the underlying principle of of this relationship um, process, you could say, is that it's called high mood counseling. So instead okay. of doing family therapy or relationship counseling that's focused on what's wrong, hmm. which is low mood counseling, right? You, okay. Hey, tell me what's going on, how do you feel and how did that make you feel and then what happened and then what happened and then what happened yeah. and what would you like to say to that person right now and blah, 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 right? Yeah. Let's improve our communication. Yeah. Which doesn't improve the relationship. In fact, if anything, it can speed you on to a divorce or a breakup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, makes sense. Yeah. You know, when people go to relationship counseling, it's kind of a red flag that your relationship is going to end. This presumption that if you just communicate better, it's going to get better—that's mm-hmm. actually a false premise. There's really no basis in that. It mm-hmm. is good to be able to communicate well, but you can communicate pretty nasty things really well. Yeah. You know, his whole approach is about raising the mood between you. Mm-hmm. And remembering why you fell in love in the first place and activating those parts of your consciousness that are centered on not idealizing the other person so much as humanizing them. Okay. Because when, when things start to break apart and there's resentments building up, in a way, part of you dehumanizes the other. You, know, you start to think, oh, they start to become a problem. They start to become... Uh, the aggressor they become this nasty person or a bitch or an asshole, or whatever it is that you yeah. you start to get worse and worse uh, into this negative space, yeah, and the more you tell yourself about it, the more you get clear and clear on why you 're upset at each other, the more so that you know that you dehumanize the other person in a way, yeah, and a lot of what compassion is as we know is is really moving into acceptance of why a person might be the way they are it 's a deeper understanding of that person and finding something to love about them. Mm. Um, that's a, a bigger picture kind of reason, you know, like working together towards a certain thing or being a stabilizing force in life. And there's a lot of reasons why you might move into compassion. And since most people start off feeling a lot of empathy for each other, that empathy can be a slippery slope to where you buy into your own feelings of needing to be empathetic towards them. And then when they start to not reciprocate or you feel like they're not there for you uh, or they're angry at you, then you um, feel regret that you had so much empathy because it feels like your wound or your heart was wide open and they wounded you while your heart was wide open. It becomes very personal. Yeah. So to illustrate his point about developing compassion, he he used the example of um, a father and his five-year-old. And the five-year-old gets sick and is complaining with an earache. It's very painful. And the father's a little bit annoyed and alarmed, but mostly kind of irritated that he's not getting any sleep. So he says, okay, this is my son. Um, I love my son. Let's just go to the hospital. Let's see if we can get this figured out. So they go to the hospital and he's crying and screaming the whole way. And really he's kind of shifted his perspective. He's starting to say, well, you know, it's not my son's fault, you know? And, you know, how would I feel if I were five years old and I didn't know what was going on and I had this excruciating pain in my head Mm -hmm. that I couldn't get rid of, um, I would probably cry and yell too. And so he's able to open his heart and he's Mm -hmm. able to not be irritated anymore. He takes the child to the emergency room for a night visit. And as he sits down to wait, the boy continues to cry and cry and cry an older man with bandages on his head comes up and, and is like getting really irritated, huffing and puffing. And can you please quiet your son? It's really making my head hurt. Well, the father's first response to this old man is to kind of flare up and be like, excuse me? Yeah. How dare you? Like, you can talk to me like that. You know, and that's my son, mm-hmm. right? And then he, he talks about how, the author speaks about how he had zero compassion for that man, but for his son because he felt like he understood his story, he had lots of compassion. Arguably, each one is about the same. I mean, they they could either one could be considered irritating depending on how you look at it. So then he says, well, what will happen if he begins to ask himself, well, how is that old man experiencing this person he's never met before screaming his head off while he's got a head injury and Mm -hmm. he's bleeding Mm -hmm. uh, and he's probably been waiting there for an hour already Yeah, And as soon as he started running himself through those scenarios, his feelings of defensiveness and protectiveness just started dialing down. And as he started dialing that down, he began to relate and say, wow, what would I feel in that situation? He began to think, we don't know what that man has gone through outside of this injury. We don't even know how the injury happened. We don't know what's going on at home or who he has if he has someone who, like, he's not with anyone. So maybe he doesn't have a loved one. Maybe he lost his wife. He starts to imagine all the possible things that could be there. Yeah. And not only that, he begins to dial down even further. Suddenly his heart opens. He begins to feel a sense of compassion for him. He begins to feel loving, kind Mm -hmm. thoughts toward the old man. Mm -hmm. And he illustrated all these details to basically say, you can talk yourself into being more compassionate. There are infinite resources of compassion inside of you if you apply this principle of humanizing that other person, understand their struggle, Open yourself up and you can shift from being really, really angry to being neutral to being, you know, more friendly and friendly can move into love and love can expand into compassion, Hmm. like a sliding scale. Yeah. Simply by shifting the perspective little by little, Hmm. it opens up. So I just thought that was a great. Oh, that's lovely. So he recommends doing this with relationships so that you begin to remember that there's another person who has a whole... Uh, life path, a whole struggle, a whole road that they walked on that makes mm. them who they are, and yeah. you fell in love with that person. Yeah. So you yeah, remember yeah. why you fell in love with that person Yeah. by, in a sense, talking yourself through these gear shifts, I guess you could say, back into a place where you can love them again and have a change of heart. Because he says, you know, you're not going to solve this by arguing it out. You're not going to solve this by communicating better about why you're irritated or pleading yeah. with the other person to change their behavior because you can't change other people, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that can improve the relationship is if you both have a change of heart, you take responsibility for managing your own sense of security mm-hmm. so that that other person isn't the source of your insecurity. Yeah. And then from that place and reminding yourself why you fell in love and being compassionate, that's a workable position. And you can bond and connect with uh, anyone, really, if yeah. you do that. Yeah. You don't have to be totally alike. Yeah. You know, to get along, you'd be very different and get along really well. Yeah. If you do I, that. I, I love that
2: idea. Um, w- one of the, the themes I'm seeing in that idea is the concept of whatever track you're on, there needs to be a moment where we stop. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going down track A, which is irritation, um, going towards being more adversarial, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point there needs to be an opportunity to stop that path. And then the second piece that I'm seeing is go back to the center, go back to the basic, go back to the beginning, you yeah. know, and you could do that anywhere, you could do it at any time, right? But I just love that. It's like, oh, I'm starting to get irritated with my partner. Stop. Go back to that moment when all things were possible. Yeah. You know, go back to the center again, you know, I um, it's like, look at the compass and say, hey, wait a minute, we're lost. Where's north? Right. You know, oh, north is that way. Okay. We had to stop for a minute get our bearings, figure out what direction it is that we intended to go. Now
1: let's just actually start going there. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, You get back to the, the magic again, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like that song, this magic moment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You go back to that. That, Jane, the Americans. Is that who that is? Yeah. Jane, the Americans. Cool. That's a cute song.
2: Um, Yeah. That's lovely. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting for for me um, because my wife, Tanya is quite disabled Mm-hmm. right? Um, I have many, many times, you know, I mean, many times this year, and it's only late January, right? <laughs> I have reminded myself who this person really is. You know, who is this person? Who, who was the person that I chose and who chose me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's always a wonderful starting point. Yeah. If things get tough, it's always easy to go, hey, wait a minute, we chose each other, And think about that time, that moment when, when that choice was made, you know, and all of those reasons and all of those feelings and everything that happened in those moments in the past are still happening. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I always think there's, there's two ways to view the past and the future. One way is that they don't exist. The other way is they're not even past and future they are they exist right now yeah they're (laughs) happening you know and and uh i think there's there's a time for each one of those angles
1: and uh happening and ever-present
2: yes correct Non locally but here right (laughs) it's sort of like you know um the infant once upon a time that was carlos is still here (whistles) yeah (whistles) exactly you know um So yes, that that whole issue of of time, you know, but we kind of started this um, by talking about silence, you know, and to me, silence is one of those great beginnings. It's always, it's that great neutralizer. You can always go back and go, okay, wait a minute. Now let's go from here.
0: You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. My name is Oliver Altine. I record, edit, and produce the show. I also wrote our theme song, which you're listening to right now. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And you can find our website at authenticityshow.com. Thanks for listening and have an authentic day.